mind-changing You know, where are you applying your resources and, and are you doing it for, for good reasons or are you doing it because you're on automatic? My next guest is the best-selling author of Unhypnosis, Buddha in the Trenches, and now is out with a new book called Bulletproof. He was the catalyst behind Self Talk Radio Show and helped me form the show. In fact, we put it together in a Panera's restaurant. We'll tell you more about that fun story. If you get to a point where you're doing things more because you're on automatic instead of inspired, this is an episode you're not going to want to miss. My very good friend, Dr. Steve Taubman on Self Talk Radio Show, brought to you by... Pure Energy Apothecary, people and planet-friendly skincare. Find them at Bed Bath & Beyond or online at pureenergybody.com. Hi, Dr. Steve. Hey, Sarah. I, am I correct in, in, uh, in thinking that this is your 100th show? You are absolutely right. My 100th show. And isn't this serendipitous that you were the <laughs> one who started this whole thing? Do you remember that meeting in Panera's? Vividly and fondly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember sitting across from you and it was like, I, I want to start a talk show and it, it just rolled and, and you were my first guest. Yes, and that, and look how far we've come. It's I incredible. Know, I know. Now, you have been traveling quite extensively, so we've kind of crossed paths here and there. Tell me what you've been up to. It's been a remarkable year. About a year and a half ago, I was, you know, I'd been doing a lot of keynote speaking all over the country and outside the country and traveling around. And I had hit kind of a, a bit of a stress level. I think I was just burning myself out. And I uh, got together with a friend of mine who is a seminar promoter who puts on wonderful uh, personal development seminars. That's Eric Swanson. Yeah. And uh, he was looking for somebody to help him out with um, with his conferences and getting the word out about them. And I decided to uh, join forces with him. And what I've been doing since last January, so a year, a little over a year ago, is I've been living in different places all over the country for a few months at a time and uh, running workshops for uh, for essentially commissioned salespeople in a variety of fields. So I'm helping people, whether they are in real estate or mortgage or title or car dealerships or whatever, uh, to learn some of the habits and the attitudes of success. So this has been with Eric Swanson's It's Habitude Warriors. Is that what his program yeah, is? Habit so he's uh, Eric started Universal Seminars a few years back, and, and uh, he evolved a program called the Habitude Warrior Conference, where he brings in uh, top speakers. I mean, a lot of people, I believe, who have been on your show, in fact, um, and I believe you're going to have Sharon. I don't know if I'm supposed to spill yes. the beans. Yes, yes, Sharon Lecter. She is uh, the brains behind Rich Dad Poor Dad, or you know, definitely yeah. collaborated with that. I can't yeah. wait to hear her story. And oh, yes. she's remarkable. She's just great. And you know, we've um, I've I've been sharing the stage with some pretty amazing people: Brian Tracy, Sharon Lecter. Um, uh, we're going to have uh, Dennis Waitley on our stage. Uh, lot, me, lots of remarkable people. So, tell yeah. me about and of course, Brian, Frank Shankwitz, the founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yes, and he actually wrote the foreword to your book, didn't he? He did, yes. So the new book, the newest book that I'm really excited about, uh, it really takes its foundation from, uh, from my previous one, which was Buddha in the Trenches. And uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to kind of peel away everything in that book that was uh, potentially you know, looked at as just spiritual or just, you know, just 
personal growth, but that didn't really apply to business people and make it more of a, a book for, for people who are really trying to excel in their business. And so the new book is called Bulletproof. And the subtitle of that book is what if everything that bugged you, blocked you or brought you down didn't? Oh, I like that. <laughs> Thanks. And that's and what a question, right? I mean, it's that's the question we all, you know, could be asking ourselves, what would my life be look like? What would my relationships look like? What would my business look like if I wasn't busy getting blocked or bummed out? Yeah. Now you 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 said earlier you struggled with that and that's why you kind of went on this almost a pilgrimage of traveling across the country and working with Eric and now you've kind of readjusted your your compass if you will is that accurate very accurate it's uh, and it's something that if you know if I'm being honest with myself I've got to say that that's something that I've had to do periodically and that I think we all do have to yeah. do periodically you know, take a look at your life, step back from it a little bit and figure out where, you know, where are you applying your resources and, and are you doing it for, for good reasons or are you doing it because you're on automatic? Yeah. And, you know, it's so brave of you to acknowledge that because a lot of people, especially if you're in the self-help industry, you don't really want to have the spotlight pointed at yourself when it's it's a struggle, when it's like, boy, I'm I'm losing my mojo. What happened? And, right. you know, right. and, and you have to step away from yourself and eat some humble pie for a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit about that journey when we come back on Self Talk Radio Show. Thinking of having your own podcast? Maybe you need a business website? Go to webhelpus.com and they can set you up with a website for as low as $399 for $24.95 a month. Very affordable. In fact, they're responsible for the website for Self Talk Radio Show. Visit webhelpus.com. Welcome back to Self Talk Radio Show. My guest, Dr. Steve Taubman, the author of his new book, Bulletproof, that we're talking about. And we, we were mentioning how you kind of went into a spin a little bit of feeling like it, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd reach for something and miss it by that much. And I, I really admire you looking at this and examining this part of yourself. How did you start to realign yourself and recalibrate yourself into this? this new uh, new adventure that you're on now? I, I think part of it comes from the fact that I've created a certain set of personal life rules that I live by. And among them is, is this sort of ruthless honesty with myself about where I am and, and what's working, what's not. And really putting aside, you know, pride and, and um, hubris. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm totally comfortable being really upfront about my failures and about the uh, the times when when my emotions get the better of me, and I know that being a human being includes that. And in my experience of doing the personal development journey, I've come across a lot of people who are who come across as if there's no problem, they're perfect, and they you know they're they're the uh, uh, the gold standard, and, and it's almost never true. I mean, I don't know anybody that I could think of right off the top of my head who. Uh, who is as put together and unflappable as they say they are. And I remember when I was trying to learn to be a better person and I'd, I'd attend conferences and I'd see speakers who were coming across as, as you know, so together, it didn't empower me. Mm. It didn't help. I felt that if I, if I could be, you know, just really transparent about my journey, that I'd be of greater value than, 
um, than if I were, you know, kind of putting all that stuff, sweeping all that stuff under the rug, so so to speak. Oh, yeah. And you know what? People can people have, you know, this radar, in them of you know, yeah. you know, when you're around a phony, you know, when somebody's talking a story to you. And yeah. I think that you learn the most from someone who has been there, done that and says, OK, I, I, I went through this. I had a tough time and this is what I did to pull myself out of it. What were the first steps that you took when you realized, OK, I'm going down a road that, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time pulling myself out of it. Where was where were you at that point? Well, the first step is always, you know, this kind of moment of, of stepping inside of myself and getting a really clear uh, feeling sense of, of, of what my life is feeling like. You know, am I am I tense? Am I am I kind of contracted? Um, am I you know, is my face getting warm from anxiety? You know, the, so it's a, the, the first part is always that check in, you know, that oh, where am I at? And, and that's what happened here. I really kind of stepped back from myself and said, okay, what, what does it feel like to be inside of my own skin right now? And so that was the first step. And then the second step, once, I'm, once I admit that it's not all, you know, uh, what's the thing, uh, lollipops and roses, um, the next step is um, I grind to a halt. I stop everything. That's been my most effective tool is, is uh, sort of what I call the sit-down strike to the ego. Mm-hmm. Because our ego is always trying to convince us that whatever we're doing is vitally important, and we've got to keep doing it. Yeah, that's true. How do you right? get out of your ego, though? Uh, well, for me, it's meditation and mindfulness strategies, but it's also having spent a lot of time learning how to do mindfulness practices. Um, I've learned how to not only notice but also uh, embrace uncomfortable feelings inside of me. Right. So so when you're aware that there's discomfort, what we usually do when we feel discomfort is we try to run away from it. Mm. We try to fix it. We try to do something else. So if I'm not happy in my work, then what I, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to you know either work harder or or try to find a new job or whatever. I'm going to do something that I think is going to immediately alleviate it. And really, the one thing that works better than anything else is literally doing nothing, just saying I'm just going to stop right now. I mean, that could that could be just for 24 hours. It could be for a day. It could be for a week. My first time was for several months, um, because there's something that happens when you um, when you put the brakes on, and you stop doing the things that are making you miserable, but you also don't run off and look for an immediate solution. Do without doing, and everything gets done. There you go. That's it. <laughs> and then you and then you start to notice where where the, you know, all that stuff is, all that mental baggage is. And, you know, eventually it's got to start washing away so that what's left is a, is a, is a peaceful place inside from which to create the next experience. And sometimes that comes out of left field, right? It, for me, it always comes out of left field. Yeah. It's, it's always this sort of strange serendipitous thing, like an opportunity presents itself that I never could have, you know, I never could have predicted that that would be the next opportunity. Well, synchronicity is that's that's when you and I seem to connect all the time. In fact, you called me a couple of weeks ago and said, did you realize it was ex exactly a year ago today? 
that I talk to you. <laughs> it was yeah. really fun. <laughs> Every time that I, I have you come, we cross paths. It's something serendipitous like that. And well, you and then that I mean it's usually multiple synchronicities because yeah. not only was it a year since I'd spoken with you, but then you said, "Hey, it's about probably about time to get you back on the show." And then you looked and you said, "Oh my goodness, it's my one hundredth show." It's the hundredth episode. <laughs> you have to be on that episode. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and and I that's the thing is the more you you get out of your ego and you force things to work. Sometimes, you know, were, were you finding that you were trying to force something through that just wasn't going to click for you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I guess if you take a look at the input and the output, like how much was I putting into trying to make, you know, to, to create a certain outcome <clears throat> versus what was I getting back in return for the time and effort? And it's so hard for us to see that. And, you know, when you're in it, you can't see it until it's over. And then it's hindsight being 2020. You're like, well, why did I spend so much time fussing with that? You know, sometimes the, the saying is fail fast and, and move forward. You know, that's that's what I've heard. Have you had experience with that or? I mean, for me, it, that is generally the case. I, you know, the problem is that the flip side can also be true, which is people sometimes just give up too quickly on things. And, you know, they're they may stick with something too long because they're afraid that if they give up too soon, then they'll miss the opportunity that it presents if they stick with it. Yeah. This like the one obviously there's no, you know, overarching right answer to this because it's really a judgment call. But I think um, once upon a time I had this concept that uh, that occurred to me, which is that there is a difference between passion and obsession. And it's a subtle difference from the outside. So in other words, if you're passionately working inside of your business, you know, with the intention of becoming successful and you're, you know, and, and you're working day and night and you're really putting a lot of energy and effort into it, but there's kind of a passion that drives you forward, that's a good thing, mm. right? So those times when you're, you know, you're just getting ideas and you're just fielding the ideas and, you know, that, that experience is a remarkable experience and other people watching you think, my goodness, this guy is just crazy busy or you know so so from the outside passion looks the same as obsession so you could be obsessive and doing something because like there's a there's something inside of you that says i've got to do this i've got to do this and it's a very different feeling sense on the inside yeah it's right? you know it makes me think a lot of when i was doing sales and it was i was obsessed with hitting quota it's like i have to pick up the phone i got to call this person i got to i got to make it happen got to make it rain you know <laughs> yeah. and it yeah. was an awful feeling yet when you are working on something that you're excited and you have passion and you can't wait to tell people about then it becomes easy to make that phone call because it's not selling it's it's genuine and and that's the difference and it's just and and the, what's interesting is that because the outer activities are the same in both cases and they look the same from the outside in both cases, then it's really on us as individuals to uh, to self-regulate, to mm. be more self-aware. This is where I say that mindfulness, the practice of mindfulness, of you know the self-awareness that you get from doing things like meditation or or any kind of a focus exercise, that the more mindful you are the more quickly you spot the moment that you cross over from passion to obsession. Hmm. Now, how do you get into a practice of being mindful? Well, ma mindfulness practice is really uh, the, the practice of, of moving your attention from where it wants to wander 
back into the moment, right? So we are all, you know, we, we, we all have busy minds, don't we? Mm. Right? We all like, you know, where's the off switch? I wish I could shut this thing up. I'm trying to go to bed tonight, but my brain is worrying or I'm upset with somebody and I can't stop thinking about it and I've got to try to make them wrong. There's our, our heads are, you know, kind of keep us jumping from, you know, from branch to branch. They call it monkey mind. Right. And mindfulness is is a practice analogous to exercise. Right. So if you're if you want to have stronger muscles, you've got to lift weights or do some kind of a physical thing where you challenge the muscles. And if you want to develop mindfulness, you've got to do something that challenges your focus muscles. You've got to be able to start bringing your attention back into the moment, which might mean focusing on your breath or focusing on the physical sensations you're feeling in that moment. And there's a whole bunch of different you know, strategies, but they're all the same. They're all meant to, um, to teach you to discipline yourself, to bring your attention into the here and now, and away from the habitual patterns of your brain where that, that are taking you every which way. We're speaking with Dr. Steve Taubman. He's the author of Bulletproof. And when we come back, we're going to find out about more about his new book and one of the favorite chapters he was writing and working on. When we come back on Self Talk Radio Show. Need to stop bad habits, start positive change, and sleep like a baby? Check out meditations free at sleepmeditation.org. Welcome back to Self Talk Radio Show. I'm Sarah Spencer. My guest, Dr. Steve Taubman. And Dr. Steve, when you're working on a book, there's always a chapter that stays with you. I wondered which one is it for you in Bulletproof? That's a good question. Boy, I, I, you know what I found was that you know, each chapter builds on the one before. But what I realized was that when you're teaching people a personal development process, and they're left with this sense that they're supposed to be, you know, almost at the end of the journey before they even begin. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm supposed to be enlightened. I'm supposed to be unaffected by the challenges around me. That the chapter that really um, uh, speaks to me and I think um, is maybe my unique spin or my unique contribution to the world of personal development is uh, is the chapter about leaning in, leaning in, meaning that, you know, we all have heard that meditation is good for us, right? So we think, well, I should meditate and then and then it should feel good when I do it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be this peaceful thing. I should be floating and I should be seeing blue light and, you know, smelling, you know, uh, lotus blossoms or something. And, that, and it never works out that way. And then even if you are doing it and even if you are having some peaceful meditation experiences, then you still have to go out in the world and live your life. So... The question is, how does this mindfulness process translate into improving your life? Like, wh- where does it actually play out? And it plays out, in my mind anyway, it plays out in terms of how well we're able to lean in, meaning how well we're able to notice what we might call suffering, anguish, aggravation, irritation, anxiety, any of the negative emotions. And just allow ourselves to sit inside of those sensations versus letting those sensations dictate a whole new set of thinking and trying to strategize about how to get out of it or how to fix our lives so we don't feel it. We have spent so much of our lives trying to avoid pain that what we end up doing is spinning ourselves deeper and deeper into pain. We, we put ourselves in more and more 
not only uncomfortable situations, but untenable situations because we're, we just don't know how to suffer mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't know how to feel pain. So what happens is when you begin to, uh, to do mindfulness practice, <clears throat> you start to have a part of yourself that's just merely noticing discomfort. And when you just notice discomfort rather than reacting to it, um, it gives you a certain kind of superpower that you never had before. And so writing about that and explaining about that and how to use that, how to notice um, where your brain wants to go when you're upset and how to slow down and quiet down and notice that the reason you want your brain to go there is because you don't like what it feels like inside of your skin right this second. And if you could then be comfortable inside of your skin right this second and just sit with and be with it and lean into it, then a lot of the things in your life that you've been struggling to fix would turn out to fix themselves. Hmm. Like it turns out that most of most of the time it's really just about getting out of your own way, just getting calm and peaceful enough, long enough that the problems start to sort themselves out or that you begin to gain enough wisdom to sort them out in a much more effective way. So that is mindfulness. So we're talked yeah. to, we've talked about passion versus obsession, mindfulness. What's another way to make yourself bulletproof in any situation? Well, when all when push comes to shove, you know, there I, I talk about five uh, five steps, and the first one is you've got to choose happiness, right? You've got to choose that I want my life to be a happy life. Not that you're going to say choose happiness and now I'm going to all of a sudden be happy, but rather I'm choosing happiness, meaning that's going to be a that's going to be a, a yardstick for whether or not I'm living a good life. Then I'm going to do my code. In other words, I'm going to have it in my life. so I live. Oh, wait a second. Your your Skype is uh, bobbling. I don't want to miss this point. Can you repeat that again? Uh, so after we after we talk about living uh, or after we talk about choosing happiness, the next thing is to live a life of integrity, impeccability, responsibility, accountability. In other words, to be a good person who can count on him or herself to do the right thing. And And that's a big part of being bulletproof is just, you know, Having having a you know a, a virtuous way of being in the world, mm. and then the third part of it is this: what we've been talking about, the focus, the mindfulness, the ability to master where your brain goes, and that requires a certain amount of practice. And then the fourth part of that is the leaning in, is like finding out how to use this newfound power you have. To, to sit in the presence of your own discomfort so you don't create more negative stuff in your life. And then the fifth part, which most people don't do well, and I call it assemble your lifeboats. So when I say assemble your lifeboats, you know, sometimes you're, we're, if you're drowning, you need a lifeboat, right? And sometimes we're drowning in our own emotions. Like, oh, yeah. I want to do the right thing. I want to be a good person, but every fiber of my being right now makes me want to be right, makes me want to argue with this person, makes me want to, like, you know, stick my head out the window and yell at the passersby, whatever it is that we're, we're not in that moment powerful enough. We don't, we don't have the necessary strength to resist the, the, the our lower urges sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Right? And, and when that happens... We need lifeboats. We need, you know, to have systems and people that will pull us back when we're otherwise likely to go, you know, go south. 
And that's when, you know, you reach out to people that are in your mastermind group or someone that you admire, you know, someone who is a, a mentor to you, right? Exactly. Exactly. So you, you assemble those lifeboats, meaning you first figure out who those people are, right? Because we've all got lots of different kinds of friends. I've got, you know, I've got friends that are dear to me and I love them, but I would never in a million years turn to them when I'm, you know, when I'm really angry because they're probably just going to feed my anger. Right. Or they don't inspire you. So I want to have those friends in place who I know when I'm like, when I'm ready to call them up and say, boy, Sarah really bugged me today. They're not going to say, yeah, Sarah's a jerk. (laughs) They're going to say, okay, tell me more about why you feel that way. And let's give you a chance to like unwind and dissipate that energy. And it can be hard sometimes to find the right mix for your mastermind group. How do you have like a, a, a way of qualifying people or, I, I just sometimes have, have had a struggle with it, mainly because I am interested in so many different things that it's like, well, one mastermind group might not fit for the other things that I'm interested in. I just wonder, do you have a, a methodology of picking your mastermind group? I, I, I guess I would have to say I don't really have a method. I think I just have a pretty good instinct for the kinds of people who who are, who are attracted to in that way, right? Who are attracted to as... Uh, as partners in the in the spiritual journey, so to speak. So, you know, I look for people with really good communication skills. I look for people who seem pretty centered and who, you know, tend to look at their um, the challenges in their life through pretty peaceful eyes and even people who can laugh at challenge. And last question for you, what is your definition of success? My favorite definition of success is the one uh, from um, Emerson, you know, to laugh often and love much, to know that even one life has breathed easier because you have lived, this is to have succeeded. That's beautiful. Dr. Steve Taubman, how can we find out more information about Bulletproof? Well, um, Bulletproof is going to be in print probably in about six to eight weeks from now, uh, and it'll be on Amazon, and you can get it there, or you could visit my website, stevetaubman.com. And we'll figure out a way to link them all together. Thank you so much. Dr. Steve Taubman has been my guest on Self Talk Radio Show. And, of course, all of those links will be available to you on selftalkradioshow.com. Thank you so much for being on the show. Absolute pleasure. Thanks. Call me back another 100 episodes down. (laughs) It'll be sooner, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. If you're a fan of Self Talk Radio Show, head out to our Facebook page, take a picture of yourself listening to the show, and you could win yourself a $25 gift card courtesy of Pure Energy Apothecary or one of our guests or sponsors. Thank you so much for listening to Self Talk Radio Show, Mind Changing Radio, where you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and of course at selftalkradioshow.com.